G'day, I'm Scott Sanders from Reach Australia. Really looking forward to hearing from Lionel Windsor, more college New Testament lecturer, Michael Lynch, the campus uh, leader at UTAS in Tasmania, and Andrew Hurd, the senior pastor from EV Church on the Central Coast. There is probably household churches experienced, which all gather in Corinth as the larger church experience. But it's interesting, I dare say, that when that smaller church experience happens because you can't do anything else, it's a very different beast than when that small church happens because you find it most enjoyable. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders, and you've tuned in to the Reach Australia podcast, a podcast that's all about healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. G'day, last time we caught up with Lionel, Mikey and Andrew and we talked about is online church church? It was a great discussion. A number of you wanted us to sort of have a follow-up and so today we want to follow that up with uh, what is church and why it matters and, and how to deal with the practical, theological and pastoral issues of reopening church and returning to church. Uh, so just for those who don't know Andrew, Lionel and Mikey, can you just briefly tell us a bit about yourselves and your context? Andrew. Yep, sure. Uh, Andrew Hurd, working in a church north of Sydney called EV. Lionel? I'm uh, Lionel Windsor. I'm a lecturer in New Testament at Moore College. And Mikey? I attend church on Zoom. (laughs) 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 Um, No, I lead the uh, the team of the um, AFES staff at uh, UTAS here in Hobart, Tasmania. Well, yeah, okay. So we want, to, we want to tackle this question, but particularly as it relates to re-entry into church life. And it does seem to me it's important as we come from the restrictions uh, and start to have them ease, it does seem important to, as pastors, as leaders, as congregation, to be sufficiently aware of why it matters that we might rejoin church life together in a physical space. And so I, I think it's, going not, it's not going to be easy to do that. Uh, lots of people will love to jump back straight in, but others will find it hard. And I think at that point, we want to pastor people well. And the way to pastor people well is to, to know our Bible, to know the scriptures, to know the theology of these things, that we can bring uh, a rich and helpful and persuasive expression of what it is God calls us to that might help us overcome our fears, um, even perhaps lethargy, uh, you know, we've, we've settled into a different style and pattern uh, and to think about why it does matter. And so wanted us to talk together about that particularly. Uh, it seems to me there's two steps. The first step is uh, just being persuaded that physically gathering as a group of believers does matter. And so I want us to revisit that just briefly. But secondly, the, the question we want to spend most time on this morning is, what um, today is uh, what form should that gathering take? What is the best form? Should it be back the way we were, uh, or should there be a different shape to it? Have we found a new shape that might be better for us? Um, to think through these things together would be very helpful. So can we hit, hit the first one uh, first? And does it matter that we meet physically? So Lionel, Mikey, jump in, go for it. Yeah, well, uh, physical. Uh, gathering is uh, a real expression of what church is. Uh, church is body, the body of Christ. Uh, and as we gather, uh, we're actually expressing that uh, fact that we are Christ's body 
Um, in Ephesians 1, uh, Christ has that victory. He's seated above the heavens in the heavenly realms, but the church is his body, uh, which is the, I'd translate as fulfillment, actually, the fulfillment of um, uh, the one who's fulfilled in all things by God. Uh, so we're actually fulfilling our purpose uh, for who we are as Christians as we actually express our embodied physical gathering. So it really does matter. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to put another kind of point of perspective on it is that to the extent that church is something other than just being a Christian and being in fellowship with other Christians, if church is a thing that has leaders and some kind of discipline to it, in a sense, the question is, you know, what does that community decide to do? Do do you kind of know what I mean? Like for me to decide as an individual, oh, no, it's fine for me to just carry on doing what I'm doing. You know, that's in a sense for me to step away from the community. So if my community goes back to gathering, then for me to say, oh, I've decided something else is actually to kind of pull my, you know, I mean, there are exceptional circumstances, so on and so forth. But as a basic thing, it's not my decision. To, it's kind of not my decision to make, but it's something that I do together with this community that is more than just my informal connections. It's, it's, a, it's a family experience I've been brought into by the work of Jesus so that I'm part of now the body. Yeah. I function not as an independent individual, but as a member of this body. And so important for a local church, isn't it? That a local church is not the universal church or it's a a manifestation of it, you know? And so to use, to state things that are true about the universal church as reasons why we don't need to gather as local churches is kind of missing the point, (laughs) you know, in the sense that, yes, it's true. We're connected with everybody by the spirit uh, in the bond of Christ. Yes, it's true that God's doing his work everywhere yes 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 but what is this thing which is the local church and and it's what Lionel was saying it's, it's a manifestation of that in time in space amongst people on this earth in bodies yeah. you know and yeah for the sake of clarity is it worth just noting that when you use the language of universal there you you mean the heavenly assembly that's yeah. visibly made present in the bodily experience um, rather than all Christians at present today. Yep. Yeah, it, um, we give expression to that Hebrews 12 thing of being gathered to the heavenly, to being gathered to Christ, the, the church of the firstborn. Uh, that needs to be given expression. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it should be. It needs to be. And, of course, the context that we're talking about this in um, is the context where we've not been having that full experience of bodily gathering. Um, and, I mean, I, I've... I've you know, chatted before and, and liken it a little bit to um, uh, an analogy of being a patient uh, in surgery. So, you know, say you've had an emergency, you know, major emergency, you know, you really, you, your whole body is uh, under shock. You need to be fixed up. You come in and there's a doctor there and there's sort of a surgeon and the surgeon fixes you up, might have to cut through a whole lot of muscles and might have to do a whole lot of things to try to, to keep you alive puts you on life support, that's a really good thing. That's a little bit like has been happening with our body as the body of Christ recently. We've been put on life support. We've kind of been connected by the internet. It's not ideal, but it's kind of kept things alive a bit. But of course, the great danger is that then that body just becomes weak, the muscles atrophy. And what you need to do as quickly as possible is to get that patient up working, getting the body working again. Uh, and, you know, to affirm, we want to affirm that actually it's been really good to have sort of kept the body on life support um, and there have been things we've been able to do. But actually, um, if we keep doing that and we need to acknowledge that we've actually done something that, would, would, that, that causes the body to start to atrophy, the muscles get weak, flabby, 
we don't have our muscles together, you know, coming back together and physically gathering. And it's actually quite hard and it can be quite painful. So uh, the doctors uh, of the church, the, uh, the, the ministers, those who are you know, encouraging people actually need to realise it's going to be hard and we have to do a lot of physio to, to get us. And I guess what I would offer at that point is the more, the, the clearer the vision of health is, what a healthy patient looks like, what healthy life looks like, the clearer and more compelling that is, the greater aid we'll provide for people to get up out of the hospital bed and, and move forward. Yeah. Give motivation, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you've spoken about the dangers of consumerism, the danger of uh, people atrophying, you know, with their muscles. So it's so much easier to just to be in my pyjamas to, to stay at home. What about the opportunities, though? There, there have been opportunities for mission. Uh, you know, Lana, you've spoken about people in Brisbane coming to your, you know, be part of your church family. I know other churches have spoken about, you know, a larger, you know, a larger fringe and a larger presence. Do we, you know, do we keep, do we keep going uh, with our live streaming because of that opportunity for mission? I think that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I think we need to acknowledge and with our people. So as I've been talking to people, there have been amazing opportunities for evangelism and mission in all sorts of different ways and ways that we hadn't really necessarily thought of before. That's a really good thing that people have heard the gospel and they've been able to be encouraged in ways that, that, that we might not have, have reached. And, and there's going to be all sorts of ways in which we hear over the coming years of people coming to faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit being at work through his word. Um, that's, that's good. What we need to do is to acknowledge that and say that is really good, but that is not a reason not to come back and gather. Uh, what that is, is, is a good thing. Uh, God's word does create the church, but, but we, we need to say, yes, that's good, but we still have to come back. Uh, and and um, I think part of the danger is is that, that if we don't acknowledge that, then people will say, oh, you're not acknowledging all the great things that have actually happened mm. over this time uh, of COVID-19, and, and it is wonderful. Uh, at the same time, we need to keep affirming how important it is whenever, if we've got the opportunity for us to come back and gather. And I'm not just saying that about people generally. I'm saying that about myself and my own family, and I remember just a couple of days ago on Sunday, this last Sunday, we had a church, you know, it was kind of, well, was it church? Well, it was streaming over there. And then we had family visitors who sort of came in in the middle of it and someone went and had a shower and someone decided to do some cooking and it was really easy to do all those things. Uh, so so I'm, I'm acknowledging that that's something that's happening with us as well. We need to, yeah. Yeah. Which is, just, you you're not that. saying good things at that point. You're saying that's the challenge of the event. That's the challenge. That, that's not a good thing. That's the challenge. That's right. there, there were lots of good things about the concept of the really accessible seeker service type approach to church where you go, what, how do I get my relative to come to church? They won't mm. come to a big, formal, liturgical, structured, alienating, technical, demanding thing, but they'll come to something that's light, that's entertaining, that's fun, that's accessible. Um, and, and it had results too had good results like good re people came to faith genuine saving faith fraternity through kind of very accessible seeker sensitive church movements um of the previous generation uh, but as you take the long time lag of that and look at the 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 thinness of discipleship that was one of the, the long time lags i guess we've got to be aware of that don't we Lionel? that we go short-term great benefits but if you make normalize that strategy um, and put a lot more eggs in that basket as a you know a real bedrock of church and evangelism. 
you, you could have a great impact, but, but a really thin impact. And, and that could then have a trickle on effect to the disciple making work of existing believers in all sorts of ways where sometimes making it harder to do mission ends up a more effective mission long-term. <laughs> yeah. Can I offer perhaps as a summary and see if you agree with this, that uh, what we're saying is that um, streaming has served a purpose and it's provided even some opportunities and that's been fantastic. Uh, but the impulse of the new Testament, in fact, the whole Bible is towards God's people being brought together in physical proximity with each other mm-hmm. to, to express their, um, being gathered to a one new man in Christ, which expresses the uh, the heavenly assembly locally in a visible way. And that's God's purpose, that we gather around Christ in his word to give expression to the victory of the cross. That has well, it shows that, that sinners are genuinely forgiven because I'm sinning right alongside a, yeah. a, an evildoer and, yeah. and that national boundaries are broken down so yeah. that the you know, the, the Korean and the Japanese are sitting side by side and uh, financial and status barriers, are bro- all, you know, all those things are manifest in a physical, well, at their best, at their best, to some extent they manifest in a physical gathering, which is part of, all part of the victories of the cross too, right? Yeah. And all the yeah. tiny ways to love. Yeah, all, the, all those tiny, tiny ways that you don't notice, but that you have to love people when you're physically gathered, that you don't have to love people when you're not. It's just going to work. Yeah, very, there's a thousand small things that happen in that, experience as well it's, it's the impetus of being baptized into one by one spirit into one body where, where there should be an impulse to gather us to to express the victory but that very act has great benefit and blessing in a thousand small ways that mm-hmm. people often underestimate yeah. yeah so there is a need to gather let's let's um recognize that bodily be brought back together now it may well be in this particular season, people are saying, I've discovered new ways to gather. Uh, how do we respond to someone who says, I've actually loved the stream and I've now gathered with my family and a few other families in the house. And that for me is now expressing the physical uh, togetherness. Um, I'm receiving the word. And so I'm now doing church and that's sufficient. How might we respond to that? It's, there are massive benefits to smaller churches, aren't there? Like massive benefits. Because um, even on the level of loving one another, I, I can have a more in-depth conversation that can flow over even to practical help in the garden in a way that loving each other in a huge big church gathering where we park in the car park, go inside, get a bad cup of coffee, sit next to each other. You know, I, we can serve each other by fulfilling rosters With what and you chit-chatting. Yes, so there's lots that's good about small church. Hey, there's lots that's really good about it um, and, and facilitates depth. So much so that bigger churches often do versions of that, don't they, in small groups and men's ministries and all sorts of things in order to, to facilitate greater forms of it. So I'd kind of concede that all those points um, on the one hand. So, so there you go. There's, there's, there's the things I'd concede. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that I go, yeah, you're right. There are actually some better things about that. Absolutely. Dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> you can fill in the dot dot dot. Or, uh... Do you want me to do it? Or do you want me to... Yeah, I'm happy to. So, so I'd, I'd say the, um, the the thing is that that um, in the end, our desire though is, I guess, on the one hand, to work with the community we're a part of. So, like I said at the start of this conversation, in a sense, it's not just for me to decide on my own. 
but to do together with the larger community. And as I do it together with a larger community, we ask the question of uh, what are the other benefits that working together as a larger group contribute? Mm. You know, and that, that, that's, that's in the end, churches grow and we lose the good things about the early days of a church plant or the days when this church was a comfortable kind of outer suburbs chapel, you know, we lose those things and we lose the benefits and the intimacy uh, in order to minister to more people and minister, reach out more widely, uh, minister more deeply, um, you know, to small fellowships can look after some needs, larger fellowships can look after more complex needs, you know, all those things, all the benefits of slightly larger and then very large churches kind of come into play and, and costs, you have to count costs, you know, you lose certain things, but you gain other things, you know. Can I, can I ask a, a, just a Bible question here at the moment, though? Um, is there, how would the Bible conceive, how would the New Testament conceive the experience of church life? Is it only in the larger experience? What's the, um, uh, is there legitimacy to this thinking? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone would agree that there's a, I don't think anyone would agree that there's some number or cutoff, so large or small, or what do you actually mean by that? Um, but the way that the New Testament, and this it comes from the pastoral epistles, you know, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, um, the way in which the church is spoken of is as a household, uh, but we need to be careful there because we need to not impose our own idea of a tiny nuclear household on yes. uh, on that uh, view. Uh, a household is, is a pretty extended household we're talking about, um, a basic economic unit that involves you know, almost like a small business uh, in the ancient world. Uh, and it will involve all sorts of hangers on. It'll normally have, there'll be a head of a household. Uh, and so you'll have uh, leadership. You know, the, the father normally is the, you know, the household is, is actually uh, the one who is, and is, is oldest. So you've got sort of ideas of elders and structures and you've got discipline uh, and you've got, uh, all those things that come together, you know, we, so sometimes we talk about church being a family and that's true, uh, but we need to not romanticise that either and to say that, well, family, church's family means that um, it's, it's a group of three people who, you know, accept each other no matter what and, and put up with absolutely everything and, and never say bad things against each other. That's a, a highly romantic and wrong view of family anyway. Uh, but what we're talking about is a group of people who do um, are able to call, call each other to account. Uh, we're actually, we're different. And part of the, uh, the issue with having those kind of small uh, groups is that we, we very easily um, can morph into, uh, you know, oh, we're really loving and accepting. We feel that we're really loving and accepting because everybody's pretty much exactly like me and I love and accept all those people are exactly like me. There was one person who really um, wasn't like me at all and um, we kicked them out. Uh, well, not we didn't kick them out, but basically they left because... We made it hard for them. But yeah, that's right. Um, and, and so the result is we've got this really wonderful, warm, loving, accepting group. But actually that's what, we're, what we do there is that we lose all those opportunities to actually gather together with people who are different from us uh, yeah. And uh, actually, and not only different in terms of demographic, but different in terms of age. Uh, and so when you look at the pastoral epistles, uh, you see the importance of older people and younger people working together um, and uh, loving one another. And you see also the importance of those kind of structures of uh, eldership uh, and, uh, and, and serving and you know, overs oversight 
uh, and discipline uh, and all those things that you can actually lose if you sort of have that very loose family structure. But it does trickle down in, into the informal as well, doesn't it? So again, in the in you know Paul's letters to the churches, whether it's you know one Timothy and Titus or um, Colossians or whatever, whatever church might be, also has implications for how husbands and wives and fathers and kids and uh, the, the the all the one another expressions that that buzz throughout the New Testament and even Jesus' instruction in Matthew, where he says, if you've got a problem with someone. The first port of call for discipline is is informal. Might even be happening on the on the veranda in a household. Mm. But actually, the expression of church uh, church government in the first place, you could say, happens when two or th- three, by the Spirit, Christ is there as two mates, neither of whom have a formal role in church, have a hard conversation. Yeah. So it does even in larger expressions of church that doesn't leave behind the informal or the household as not part of the life of that body who gathers mm, it's lived right down into even the natural family household units yeah it's interesting mike if i remember rightly i think you and i both um independently expressed a thought a month or so ago about partly what drives this is the um is the question of of motive and lionel i know last time we talked to you expressed something similar as well it is interesting isn't it that the new testament uh, you know one corinthians talks about when the whole church gets together uh, is it chapter 14, you've got this sense, haven't you, that there is probably household churches experienced, which all gather in Corinth as the larger church experience. But it's interesting, I dare say, that when that smaller church experience happens because you can't do anything else, it's a very different beast than when that small church happens because you find it most enjoyable. Mm. Yep. So, yes. So... In our current climate, when we pursue the thought that I'll get my friends around, I'm now gathering, I can watch the stream, it's my friends I get around. Mm. Mm. But in the early church, it was, it was, you didn't choose who came, it was all those who named the name of Christ would come to your house and you would have to learn to love them and engage with them. That's mm. a very different experience. And, and I think um, we need to help our people appreciate that the power of the coming to the larger event actually is an expression of um, being being brought to a group that you didn't choose to be with except that they chose Christ together. Mm. Uh, and the smaller, though legitimate biblically, is a very different thing in our current experience than it was back then. Mm. It's also worth playing out where this ends up. Like just again and again, the various house church movements and Jesus movements and yeah. missional community movements. Isn't it awesome? There's no jobs, there's no rosters, there's no fussing about, you know, and, and that's true. That's, I don't know, for a few months, for a year or two. And then suddenly the wife says, I'm sick of cleaning everyone's bloody dishes. We need to figure out who's going to clean the dishes next week because I'm not doing it. Yeah. So then what do you do? Well, then you say, hey, Lionel, can you do the dishes this week when you come over because the missus is sick of doing the dishes or, you know, the, the, and the kids don't want to do it anymore. They're, they're annoyed that, that you know, um, and then suddenly what have we got? You've got a roster. Like it's happening in my sink instead of the church. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then you sort of go, like Andrew could teach week to week to week for 52 weeks to first year. Next year he has to take a holiday. So who's going to teach next week? Well, Scott, can you take on some of the, and then you've got a preaching roster and then you people join and they're not au fait with all the founding values that you were part of what made you you. We should probably write those down, shouldn't we? You know, and and, membership course. (laughs) That's in the good. That's in, in, that's, that's when things are functional. Um, When things are dysfunctional, 
uh, what actually happens is that, um, you know, I'm sick of wiping everyone's dishes uh, becomes a simmering resentment against uh, the people who come and a, a frustration and, and, and that can happen so easily in those. Oh, yeah. I mean, There's a lot of talk about big churches being cults of personality, but actually small churches are also very powerful places for toxic leadership. It's not like, oh, big churches, they're all narcissists. Man, it's, it's a great place to be a narcissist yeah. as well in, 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 a, in a house church movement. Mm. Um, you know, but humans are humans. We've got to organise ourselves. And, and, and so then you end up with that question of like, oh, well, we don't want to throw everything out from pre-COVID if we're going to have to rebuild it again <laughs> sooner or later, you know, this clunky compass, you know, and, and then five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years time, we're back where we started with all this time lost for the cause of the gospel, you know, pursuing yet another failed experiment at, um, at informalism, you know? So, so I guess that we've got to find a way, don't we, of walking people through that process to go, yeah, this is good. But what about, what, you know, what, what are the other things that we will eventually need? And, and wouldn't it be good to start gently putting those in place sooner rather than later so that we don't, you know, oh, oh, we've, got, we've got to somehow help people go through that process, I feel like. And can I just, it's a, it's a tiny backtrack, but just to, yeah. behind all of this is uh, for us to keep remembering, I mean, what, what we're talking about is how we as ministers or as, as you know, leaders are seeking to help people um, as we do that, let's keep remembering, we can actually expect two things from, from Christians. Um, one thing that we should expect is that the Holy Spirit is going to be at work in them through uh, God's word, transforming them and making them people who really do want to gather, who do want to put sin to death, who do want to love people. We can expect that. At the same time, we can also expect that people will be sinful uh, that people will need teaching will need help and will need to be led uh, and both of those things will be the case um, if we go too far down the line of well people will need to be led so we've got to help them and no one's going to do anything uh, then we're missing out on god's sovereignty and we're actually forgetting that it's actually god's word and his spirit that constitutes the church if we go too far down the other line where we just sort of um, let you know god's spirit do what what he will and forget that actually in the new testament god works through church and, and through, through elders and, and uh, leaders, uh, then we're not doing it the way that God wants us to do it. Uh, that's just a, 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 something behind the, this conversation. And it's true with us too, isn't it? Hey, like on the one hand, there's the, the genuine desire to lead God's people boldly, courageously, clearly, according to God's agenda and their well-being. And there's my desire to still see, be somebody, be in control, get back to familiar patterns of ministry. Blah, blah, blah. And, and my desire to keep my job because my family <laughs> needs to We don't need you anymore. We've we recorded enough of your, your live streams. We could watch them end yeah. to end. <laughs> it's a real thing. I mean, you know, we've set ourselves up and we need to be, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a real fear. I'm well, sure. we found another live stream that's better. Than we've, got, we've got 30 <laughs> talks from Lionel on Ephesians. <laughs> we can just can I can I offer that the um, this is a real teaching moment. I I I I do I keep looking for ways to help uh, congregations, you know, the people we pastor ourselves, be um, lifted to see the world through Jesus' eyes more. And this is one of those moments. Relaunch is one of those moments. It's an opportunity to say to people, um, here here is the beauty, glory, and greatness of what God calls us to be as the church. It's to be the visible expression of the heavenly assembly with all its 
warts and struggles and frailties, but use shoulder to shoulder with people who are different to you, working out how we can mobilise together to grow the Church of Christ rather than pursue the convenience of what works for me and my family. And that's a beautiful thing to paint for people, isn't it? And um, but the clearer we are on it as pastors, the better able we'll paint it and not be abusive in it, which I think is the thing you're both picking up there, that we won't, it won't be about me, my position and, and, and us. It'll be genuinely about what we can be together as God's people in building the church. So this is an important process to have thought through and we want to keep at it, uh, keep encouraging in it. Any last comments from you you guys? I guess What's I would like to say that... Oh, I'm happy for Mikey to... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so awkward. Um, I guess I'd be wanting to say that, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the danger of the kind of the new, you know, that assuming that actually you can have a new without any of the problems that just come with life in God's world, you know, and, and so that's a good warning to help people realise and, 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 and whatever. I suppose a, a caution about the more conservative approach is assuming that everything that was, was better and assuming we can actually return to completely what things are either. There could be not much changes out of all this, but there could be some things that do change midterm in the way just people behave. Non-Christians behave, Christians behave and think, and, and we may not, no matter how much we teach and instruct and vision set, some of it may also be going, actually, this is just a, a new, slightly new mission field, just slightly, you know? And, and so I guess that would be another thing I'd just be adding in that process. Just be, be willing to have one, one kind of um, uh, pioneering missionary eye to sort of go, don't, don't be so determined to return exactly to what was, which is why I like what you were saying, Andrew, about... Um, helping church think in terms of re, uh, like launch teams kind of we're church planting into the future and i think that helps us be able to to not just have a return back and make the strongest case to return back but also to fall forward and actually go some subtle things may have you know evolved that actually we've got to be willing to see yeah. not only might be good but also just might be unavoidable do you know what i mean like there are just some unavoidable changes that happen that you've got to go with and ask how do we minister now in this new environment? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm sorry, I'm going to give another last word. It, <laughs> I, it, it is interesting. I, I'm actually genuinely enthused about this next period of time, though it will be tricky. I think it's going to be hard to... I mean, we've many of us have observed this. It's going to be hard to relaunch, harder than it was to close down. But it really does give us an opportunity to gather people again and say will you join us together in being what God calls us to be? Because they expect us to do that in some fashion. Um, they won't be surprised when we put the call out to say, church is going to be different, it's going to be hard, let's get together and think about how we can make it work well for the kingdom, the, the cause of Christ. People are happy to be called to that. So it's a real moment, I think, to be healthier in 12 months' time, two years' time, than we once were. And this is to summarise um, what I think what we've just been saying and what we've been talking about, uh, that this is a point, and you know, Mikey mentioned being missionaries um, a number of times, is where, where everyone has to be like a missionary uh, because we can't uh, just go back to the, the way that the church normally runs. We just, we just can't do that. And what that means is that we need our, we really need our theology. Uh, we need to go back to those principles and say, what is church and what do we need 
to have with church and what's it got to do with the gospel and what's it got to do uh, with all these other aspects of, of our theology. Uh, and so that's, that's why theology is so incredibly important for us right now, because yeah. if we don't do that, uh, the, the danger for, for, for us, for, for, for leaders, for, for those who are seeking to um, teach and equip others is that actually we just end up falling back into um, old patterns or just working really, 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 really hard at maintaining the live stream or maintaining all the things that we've, we've set up and not actually sitting back, reflecting, praying, praying with our people and teaching our people theologically about what is church? What are we doing? What's it got to do with Jesus and with God and with God's great purposes and plans? This is the moment when we need to be doing that to be uh, remembering, recalling and teaching our theology, not just um, all those things are good. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for those who have uh, given tips about how to use the camera right and, you know, lighting and all those things. I, I, I love it. And one of my relatives is doing those things, but we need to not just be doing those things. We've got to keep coming back to our theology. And that's what we've been trying to do in this. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to today, We'd love it if you'd uh, leave a review, share uh, or subscribe to this podcast in an ongoing way. If you want more information about Reach Australia, head to reachaustralia.com.au.